y'all? You are tuned in to the Listen Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, and it's time for you to listen up to what God has called you to do. Let's get it. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Listen Up With Jess Podcast. I'm so excited that you press play on this episode. I am excited about this episode, y'all. We are in our series healing and progress y'all i told y'all i'm opening up a new series where i'm going to be talking to some special guests about the different healing journeys that we go through through in life and i'm excited to have my sister regionique in the building with me okay she's in the mic with the (laughs) listener with jess okay mike and First of all, I love Regine. We're going to talk about how we met, of course, um, because it's a funny story. Sis, how did we meet? (laughs) Pinky Promise. um, Was it 2017? Was that 2017? It is literally 2021. Yeah, it, it wow. was either 2017 or 2018. 2018 yeah, it had to be 2017. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it really was. Yeah, yes. So, Peaky Promise Conference that was in Atlanta. Yep. That was the time. I mean, probably not doing those anymore, right? <laughs> no, shit. but this is my girl, and we met when we were like in worship, just yeah. randomly sitting next to sitting each other, next right? To each other. Yeah. And I remember a song that was playing. It was Oceans by Hillsong. Yeah. Girl, I was laid out crying. And you just came over and started consoling my really? back. Really? I don't even remember You started that. rubbing my back. And I'll be honest, I really struggle with, like, sometimes physical touch and emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> just in general. Mm-hmm. So when I had a stranger rubbing my back, I was like, what's going on? Yeah. But when I tell you, your touch was so anointed because wow. it allowed me to free myself. Exactly. And I like, I, it was the floodgates. Yeah. Like I was crying yeah. out and you didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. at that time. Um, but there was so much going on in my life mm-hmm. and I was just surrendering it all out. And to have somebody like standing just there with me to just be like, yeah, it's okay. I'm yeah. here. You know, like yeah. almost like, yeah, I'm going through it too. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, we started pouring out our hearts together. Mm-hmm. And then we realized we had a mutual friend. Exactly. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, at Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is a small world. And ever since then, your spirit has just connected with mine, where I'm just like, same. I did not want that to just be our one thing. Yeah, like, we made sure we stayed connected. Yeah. And I know that that was a God thing. It was. Yes. I, I agree. And I don't even remember that experience. But yeah. I do remember, like, when I remember what was going on in that moment, mm-hmm. I always am reminded of when I saw you and you were actually praying for someone else. Really? Yeah. Yeah. At the conference. Yes. And that, that's the memory that I have of you from Pinky Promise. So wow. That was, yeah. I don't even remember that. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that whole conference was always yeah, powerful. And was. regardless of all yeah. the stuff now, yeah, like, that was, was just powerful. a powerful moment for women to come together. It was needed. And worship, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was so thankful that we were able to experience that and then be able to meet women of God like yes. us and stay connected with yes. them because I do believe that that has helped us in our, like, Christian accountability and our walk. At that time, I definitely <clears throat> needed accountability. Yeah. <laughs> and that is what... We, oh yes, God. girl. Yeah, we're not even going to get into it. Okay, that. yeah, we're not going to go down there. 
um, area. <laughs> but no, for real, we did need that. Yeah. And so I'm so thankful for that. And so I'm so glad because now we're both in Georgia yeah. and God just worked that thing out, you know, mm -hmm. to where I just now have you at close proximity that mm -hmm. I need you. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited for you to be on this um, podcast episode. Um, you know, when I reached out to you, I'm like, yo, like, we need to talk about mental health. You mm -hmm. know, um, we're in May. It's Mental Health um, Awareness Month. And even though it's, you know, towards the end of May or whatnot, we just need to talk about this topic. And the vision that I had for healing and progress was really like taking the different journeys that we go through um, as Christians, the different seasons, right? Um, those seasons. And um, I think mental health is a season, like not a season, but it's something that is a part of our healing journey, yeah. right? It is connected. And we need to really speak on this subject, you mm -hmm. know, and not be afraid, you know, to you know, really bring light to how important it is for us to um, be self-aware, to do the work, right? We're going to talk yeah. about self-awareness, doing the work, Absolutely. you know, um, therapy and why it is so important in our, in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, yeah. talk a little bit about yourself, like what your background is and really how did you get connected into like the mental health space? Gotcha. Okay. So, how so my background i am a licensed social worker right now um i'm preparing to be a clinical social worker um so because my ultimate goal is to have my own practice where i can provide um therapy to yeah. my focus is really like the college students okay. like millennial generation nice. yeah um so i'm actually receiving my um supervision right now to be a clinical social worker but i'm also I'm like I'm a licensed social worker, so I have yes. a um, social work business where mm -hmm. I it's more so educational based. So I'm providing mm -hmm. um, tutoring services for social workers who are preparing to sit for their exam, um, and I'm also in a doctorate program at um, I'm in an online doctorate program to get my um, <clears throat> my PhD in social work. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot going on right now. I also have a nonprofit, but I'm actually I'm that's on hold right now till I yeah. <laughs> till I get my life together and yeah. then at some point I'll go back to that. Mm -hmm. But um, I have always been mental health is something that I have always been passionate about. Yes. And it started literally since I was a little girl. Like really talk about like, it. Like OMG. I we don't even have time to go okay. down that but <laughs> OMG. So I was, I'm from New Orleans. I'm originally from New Orleans. I live in Atlanta right now, but my passion or it really is my calling. It's not something I'm not passionate about it because it's something that I enjoy. I actually did not want to Mercy. move forward in this career, but it was something that God kept pressing upon me. And it was because I grew up in a household that was dysfunctional. And that's a mm. lot of our, a lot of our, our stories is that we grow up in households Ooh. that are dysfunctional. Um, and so for me, I grew up in the house with my mom, with my dad, and with my brothers. But my dad was a diagnosed schizophrenic. Mercy. Paranoid schizophrenic. So there were times wow. when I would be sitting down watching TV as mm -hmm. a young girl, six and seven years old, and my dad would come into the living room and turn the TV off or, like, just mm -hmm. spit at the TV, mm -hmm. curse the TV, saying that he had, like, what's called magical thinking and ideas of reference, and those are, like, you know, counseling mm -hmm. terms, but just thinking that everything um, that's going on in the world 
is directly in like is is directed towards him and so mm -hmm. he was a paranoid schizophrenic he would hide wow. i would be having a conversation with him and he would literally jump under the table and hide so he would wow. i grew up in a very paranoid household a household Mercy. that was full of fear and so my mom was someone who was codependent and that's something that we find with caregivers of individuals mm -hmm. who have addictions and so you grow you grow to be codependent you grow to be an enabler because you ultimately want to keep that person safe and mm -hmm. so part of my healing journey when i moved out of the house with you know my parents and i yeah. was like that young college student and i was actually majoring in biology and mm -hmm. I hadn't taken any biology class. And so wow. I remember sitting in a psychology class yeah. and my teacher, my professor was talking about mental health and I didn't even know my dad was a schizophrenic. And mm. she started talking about like, um, like mental illnesses and symptoms and I was like, OMG, my dad was schizophrenic. My wow. dad slept with an ex next to his bed. A an axe, oh, like an axe that you chop wood with. Whoa. At any moment, he could have, his mind could have told him that we were out to get him. Mercy. And that could have been the end of my life. And so that's why I say I've seen God, mm. like, just, like, move in that area. And even mm. growing up in that household, when we think of, when we look at that spiritually, that's mm -hmm. a spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. And so... I grew up, like, I was literally, I always tell people, like, I was groomed by fear. I Ooh. learned how to engage life wow. through the lens of fear, right. always being worried about something, mm -hmm. always being anxious about something, never really being able to fully trust and rest because I needed to be on guard because at any moment something could happen to me. And mm -hmm. so that's something, part of my healing journey was me walking, literally just coming to an end of myself. And literally just having surrender to God. And, like, and if it yourself. works out, yeah. it works out. Like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I mm -hmm. cannot keep expending all of my energy trying to make sure I'm okay. Because God is a good shepherd. Come you on. know, so it's like, <clears throat> but even beyond that, like, practically speaking, aside from, like, the spiritual piece, mm -hmm. I had to really acknowledge my childhood I had to acknowledge mm -hmm. some of those experiences yeah. and not bury them and yes. walk that healing process out mm -hmm. and I remember I actually one of the things that I thought I was going to be mentally ill because as I'm learning about mm -hmm. mental illnesses and I'm learning about um the statistics on like children who are raised in children who are born in environments where a parent struggles with mental illness they're yeah. more likely to have a mental illness yeah. And it's in those ages of transition. So when you're 21, when you know you're graduating from college or 18, going away to college, from mm -hmm. those time frames, from like 21 to like 30, that's when you, I think it's like 45, when you're going through all these major life transitions, mm -hmm. this is when mental illnesses start <clears throat> coming to the surface. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's the area that I was in. I was like 21. And I remember going literally feeling like I had lost my mind and I was like I see this is like I literally remember crying out to God like I am schizophrenic it was I was no, so fearful about just all of those things and yeah. so that's how I kind of got passionate about mental illness well not mental illness because mental health and mental illness is not the same thing mm -hmm. but I became passionate about mental health and just helping people understand yeah. the connection between like their thoughts, their their mm -hmm. feelings, their behaviors, yeah. um, helping them, you know, 
understand how the environments that they're raising, even generations before them, how they all play a role in that person that we see in front of us and the things that they're experiencing. And it's not even about like our experiences. It's about how we interpret our experiences, Mm -hmm. how we identify with those experiences, because there's something in like the psychology terms and it's like, Come on, educate us. Um, That's what we want. <laughs> I think it's like the the um, hedonic treadmill. I'm gonna find it. Um, yeah, it's the hedonic treadmill. It's the hedonic adaptation, and it's when it really just states that you can experience something life changing, be it good or bad. Uh-huh. But in a certain amount of months, you're gonna go back to that previous level of functioning. So, like mm-hmm. that baseline level of functioning. So, if you uh-huh. took two individuals and one person lost both of their legs and now they can't walk, uh-huh. and you take another person who had just won a lottery, so two vastly different experiences. Mm-hmm. If you measure their mental health in that moment before that happened mm-hmm. and six months down the line, it's going to be the same. It does not change. Even if you mm-hmm. have this life experience where you are you have something that's so great that happens to you and you have an elevated mood, at some point you're going to go back down to that level of functioning that you were at before mm-hmm. because it's not necessarily about what you experience is not about what happens to you. It's about what ha- what's going on within you. And so mm-hmm. even if something happens to you that's great or bad, you can process that in a way that's empowering, that does yes. not affect you in a way that's like detrimental to your mental health. So are you saying like <clears throat> trauma doesn't go away, but it's just, it's going to, it may still resurface, but it's really based off how do you respond now so, to that and process it? So... Trauma is like multifaceted because trauma literally does reshape like the nature of our soul. Like if you think of it spiritually, like trauma reshapes your soul. That's where we get the term brokenness from is because we've been broken. There's literally something that's been broken inside of us. And so... I do believe that I know that trauma affects us. That's why we get PTSD. You know, that's where we get all of these disorders. But it's... You can grow past once you're safe because that's what it's about when when people experience trauma. Mm-hmm. They want to feel safe and they, they lose that sense of safety. And so if you can get a person to understand they're safe mm-hmm. and one of the well one of the things that in one of my um supervision sessions with um the per, my supervisor, mm-hmm. one of the things that she told me, she said the it's one of the hardest things to teach a trauma survivor is how to be content. Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> We've been in these chaotic environments. Mm -hmm. And so when we get out of those environments, like me, for example, I was in this environment since I was a young girl. And when I go to college, this is this is an environment that is stable. This is something that's stable. So now I'm creating chaos in my own mind because I don't know how to to the chaos. I'm used to the chaos. And so one of the things that you have to teach trauma survivors is that peace is not boredom. <laughs> Sometimes mm, peace on, can wait, look wait, like boredom. Yes. Peace is not boredom. Peace is not boredom. And that's why Ooh, you have to Jesus. you really have to learn you have to learn yourself. And so that's yes. what it's about. It's about self-awareness. You yes. cannot go back and change what's happened to you. Come it on. happened. We're all going we yes. Jesus said we live in a fallen world. Come on. He would yeah. not have left us the, yes. the counselor, the Holy Spirit yes. if we were not going to encounter challenges, things that 
really rock us to our core and and make us question who we are yes but you can so you cannot go back and change traumatic experiences Mm. but you can begin to process those experiences in a way that is not disempowering and that is what mental health is it's about being able to process stress in a way that's not going to cause me to regress or go back to a place that I'm already healed from. And so a lot of times when people are healing, when people have healed from things, mm-hmm. they question whether or not they've been healed, healed. Yeah. because they've been triggered. But it's like a, you being triggered does not mean that you have not healed or oh, gone or you know on. progress past your pain. It literally is a memory. And so we mm-hmm. cannot go back and change memories. They're going to be there forever. You have to get to a place where you can say, you know what, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling some type of way. Mm-hmm. Label that emotion yes. because when you label it, you know how to deal with it. Mm. So in this moment, I feel fearful. I understand where that fear is coming from, but yeah. I'm gonna sit that fear in the corner and I'm gonna just do this anyway because fear is not in control of me. And so you have to be able to understand that yeah. I am an emotional man, but then I also I know what I'm supposed to be doing. So yeah. we are multi-dimensional. We're spiritual. Mm-hmm. We're emotional. We're mental. We're mm-hmm. physical. And so your emotions, they are at the end of the day, God used yeah. these emotions to talk to us. When you're yes. anxious. That may be God being like, you know what? I really want you to go in and look at this. Yeah. I really want you to go and there's something not going, there's something not right about that. And yeah. so God communicates with us through our emotions, mm-hmm. but we cannot be led by our emotions. We're still led by God. And so yeah. that's where we see people get stuck because people don't know how to not be led by their emotions because wow. we, we take our emotions with us everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Every, every experience we have is yeah. colored by our emotions. Yeah. So when we're able to identify emotions as emotions, keep them in perspective process them and keep going that is what mental health is it's not about being perfect it's just about being aware of how i feel um understanding that but still knowing that that is not it there's more than just that that emotional piece but i think that a lot of people we just stop at the emotion piece we're sad we're you know we're frustrated um we're fearful yeah and we just stop there yeah we stop there Girl, you said a lot. You I know, said I'm sorry. A lot. No, I'm sorry. that's what, no, you got into it. Because that's kind of going into my next question is about when it comes to mental health in the Christian community. Like, how mental health is yet still very spiritual. And mm-hmm. we need to look at it from a spiritual lens. And so I want you to kind of touch on that because, like, when you were talking about the emotions, it's almost that pastors have preached, like, really heavy on this thing where it's like, you know... The book of Job, right? We think about Job and how he lost everything, mm-hmm. right? And I, when I read Job fully, I'm not talking about just one through, you know, 13 when mm-hmm. he didn't curse God or whatever. I'm talking about all 40-something, you know, of verses within Job, how Job was really going through a mental illness, like crisis at mm-hmm. that moment because he was like in this disbelief moment like he could not believe and he was upset Mm. emotional Emotional. you know emotional like and was really crying out to God Mm -hmm. and it's oftentimes I feel like in the church sometimes it's preached like you know well we just give it to God like you know and yes we surrender and give it to God but we also need to know like you said we are emotional and very yet spiritual beings and Mm -hmm. know the difference and Mm -hmm. how do we not like versus like dwelling in the emotion Mm -hmm. but recognizing that we are human and so when I'm mad Trust me, I'm mad. 
And I'm you gonna tell I'm, I'm God gonna that I'm And I'm gonna cuss and I, whatever I gotta do sometimes to let yeah. that thing out, you know? So talk about that because mm-hmm. I feel like it is, you know, that misconception that, well, we can't really express emotion because we're Christian. And then also there's that notion of, well, just pray about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't That's even know. So or go to your pastor for counseling. Like, first of all, I need you to go to a licensed, a licensed therapist, professional. professional. Your pastor did not go to a psychology school, social work. He did not get the license, the mm-hmm. LC, whatever. Like, he don't have that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, for mm-hmm. me, I really want us to, like, get into that, you know, conversation. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. man, it's so, it's so deep. And mm-hmm. it brings me, one of the things, so the first thing you said was about Job. And, oh, my goodness, we hear about, you know, Job and... Mm-hmm. Just Job's life and, you yeah. know, but what what we, this is the thing. When you read Job, yes. God is not telling you, I want you to be like Job. Or yes. God is not saying <laughs> Don't. Job is bad. God mm-hmm. is not saying anything about God, about Job mm-hmm. for us to, like, create these perspectives. What God is saying mm-hmm. is, this is this is a story. We're literally looking at somebody's story who lost everything, who did everything yeah. right, yeah. right, and he lost everything. Mm-hmm. And so, even when you think about that spiritually, um, even the enemy going, what did God say? He was like, "I yeah. saw you down there looking at Job. Yeah. You know, you checking Job out. What's yeah. going on?" And he like, "Well, I would want to do something to him, but you have a fence around him, like you have a hedge around him. If yes. you remove that, he's gonna curse you." But the thing is, God knew that. God knows the end from the beginning. So mm. the enemy telling God, Job is going to curse you if you take these. You don't think God knew that. But what we see, going back to what I was saying, what we see is a process of someone who is literally experiencing a crushing. Yes. And that's what it was. Ooh. It's not about, crushing. like, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about Job did something wrong because at the end of the day, God still restored Job. Come on. With Come everything on. that Job lost, he got it yes. 10 times ten greater. Times more, and yeah. that does not take away from what he lost mm. because that was his, you know, his wife left him, his children. These are, yeah. these are losses yeah. that he experienced that he grief. had to grieve. Yeah. And God allowed him to be able to grieve. But it was so much going on in Job. Job had... And Job, in the, the book of Job, the mm-hmm. friends that he had, what Girl, were they saying to him in this time? Yes. I remember going through a griefing process and God said, you're going to need the support of your peers. And so that reminds me of mm. Job's friends. And so even at the end of the day, Job did all of that, but God still restored Job because God understands that we are emotional creatures as well. Mm. We it, we endure a crushing spiritually, but we emotionally mm. process that. So your spirit can know something, right? Because our spirit is perfect. Our spirit is already, the work is already done in our spirit. It's our Mm. soul that is engaging life. It's our soul that is engaging people. And so it's our soul that is having to process these experiences. And a part of our soul is our emotions, our mind, what we're going through. And so a lot of times, I think that spiritually, the reason why we um, the reason why we're so spiritual is because when it comes to the African-American community, I can only speak for us. Yeah. When you go back in into like history and so like slavery, mm. we this is when we we found out about Christianity and it saved our life, our lives. Yeah. And it was all we had. And uh, so where we're, we're not okay. in chains, we're yeah, not yeah, physically yeah. in chains, but, but we, we are still yeah. we are still like 
spirit spirit that's it we have not allowed ourselves mm. the opportunity to understand our emotional man because back then it was about surviving it was not Ooh. about thriving we were in survival mode it was in survival mode yes. and even when you got like it's it's i'm telling you it's so Ooh. it's so many layers because even so going many. back before slavery when we were literally like nomadic people like when we were mm-hmm. in tribes why is it that rejection affects us the way that it does now it's mm. because back then like even us being here right now you and i talking right now that is a miracle that means mm-hmm. that every generation before us had to do something right in order to procreate for us to be here mm. right now Come and on. so if Come i was on. back in the if back in the day when we were eating off the land and we had to rely on tribes for our food and all of mm-hmm. these things if I was disowned by my tribe, that decreased my chances of survival. So if my tribe rejected mm. me, then I can go out here and get ate by a bear. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? And so that's how our minds are. And so yeah. even coming it's out of that survival. experience, yeah. our mind is still in survival mode. So that's yeah. why when we go places, we're scanning the room, making sure we're safe. But we're also Ooh. affected by rejection today yes. as today. if if you rejected me, then I'm going to go out here and die. A million people can hate me and I can still have the same quality of life because mm-hmm. I'm not the same. I'm not in that generation. And so you have to look at it as well, how things have been passed down from generations. Mm-hmm. But the going back to what I was saying, because I can sometimes go off on a tangent. No, but <laughs> we were, you know, we placed such an emphasis on our spirituality because it was all we had and we were yes. in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And so now... I honestly, and I cannot fault pastors because I don't even think that they're processed. I have been in rooms with pastors who are literally bleeding while leading. Like, they have not even dealt with their own trauma. Not bleeding while leading. Literally. Oh, so true. Literally. (laughs) And so that's why, you know, unfortunately, we see, like, pastors committing suicide. Yeah. So it's like... Struggling. Struggling. Because they haven't gotten, and they're not able to do their work. Mm-hmm. You know, and you like you're right. It's that survival mode where we have to realize God wants us to be in a thrive season. Mm-hmm. Like, and in order to truly thrive, mm-hmm. it's for us to take that time and look and work on our mental health. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it's a direct correlation to everything because we realize mental health will then affect if we do not get our mental health checked. If we're not putting in the work and going to, um, you know, do the therapy, do the self reflection, you know doing just the different resources and things that we need to make sure mm-hmm. that we are well, our well-being, right? We it will affect our everything. It, it affects, affects generations everything. after us. It affects relationships. It and affects I kind of want everything. you to talk about that, you know, how can mental health really affect our relationships and how, you know, it probably has affected maybe you you have any like in your past. You kind of talked about your father and everything, but mm-hmm. just like, you know, I see a lot of relationships where it's just like, yeah, like we go into, you know, oh, we're dating. It's great. It's cute. Da, 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 and not really getting into the root. Like, you know, hey, have you been doing like the self-work that you need to make sure that you're becoming a better version of yourself mm-hmm. before you try to take on a partnership? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like having those authentic conversations. I think we all want like, belong. I think that one, we all want belonging we all want to mm. but we all want to belong to a specific group we want to feel love we want to feel nurtured yeah. and so in adulthood it's like we're making up for those 
things that we didn't get in childhood. Ooh, yeah. And so it's like, for me, um, one of the things that my dad actually passed away when I was um, 14. My dad was mm. killed. I'm from New Orleans again. So like Hurricane Katrina and all of those things happened. Mm. Um, and my dad was, he unfortunately passed away. And so the thing is, trauma can literally, um, trauma can present itself in so many different ways. And so mm. we can have the same experience, but the way that that trauma shows up in our lives will be different because we're different. And so like for me, I began to, um, I did, I didn't feel safe in relationships. Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know what? I, I have to be perfect or yes. I just can't, I have to guard my own oh, heart. Yes, I have mercy. to protect myself. I am the reason why mm. I've gotten to this place that I am in life. I cannot give anyone else mm. permission to hurt me like my dad hurt me. And if I love Girl. somebody, then I'm giving them permission. I'm inadvertently giving them permission to hurt me. And I don't know oh. if I'll be able to survive that because it, it hurt me so it's bad. So bad. And so I don't know if I'm placed in that type of situation again, that I'm going to be able to survive. And so I literally, it is literally the grace of God. Oh my goodness. It's the grace of God that literally helped me break beyond that. Because when you think about what that is, that is a barricade. If you, if I feel like I am the only one who can protect myself I have to have these walls up, then I am not allowing God to be God, and I'm missing out on so much. Oh my God, Reginie, stop. <laughs> you know that's too much. That's hitting home right there, sis. I'm sorry. That's hitting home right there. I am sorry. Because that is exactly what I'm going through Girl. in this healing season. And for you to just speak that right now on this platform and speak it into my life, because I was, we were kind of just talking yeah. about that, like how. In the moments where I have been so self-protecting, and my mm -hmm. therapist, I mean, we'll be in that. Th she was like, "Girl, the self-protecting, sis. Yeah. We gotta get a, we gotta get mm -hmm. this under control, cause I will have the guard up." And I recently was journaling, and I said that, um, you know, I asked God, I was like, you know, God, help me to guard my heart, guard my heart. And God said, "Let me guard your heart. Mm -hmm. Let me protect your heart. Stop trying to do it all by yourself." And so when we can include Him into these different seasons in our healing i think that's so important you have to let him in and so that's what yeah. i would do it got to the point where i was like <clears throat> even recently mm -hmm. if i get like i this there's this thing that i would do in, in my childhood where if i was mad then i was mad at god and yes. i had to learn <laughs> oh we know we've all been there no we ain't like, hot with god he like, like why you ain't let this work out and this is the thing <laughs> omg like you have to let God into those places mm. of pain, right? Yeah. And this is, this is we're still talking about mental health, but we've included God into it. Yeah. Let God in. I remember mm -hmm. this morning, like, when the Holy Spirit dwells within you, like, the Holy Spirit starts revealing things to you about yourself that you didn't even know. Never this know. morning, yeah. the Holy Spirit told me something. I was like, I didn't even know that was there. And so that is what mm -hmm. mental health is. And so when you are, yes. when you... This is the thing. When we have these childhood experiences, these experiences, what they could do is create perspectives. Mm -hmm. And so it's the perspectives that we're dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. Because I cannot go back and change the experience. We talked about that before. I can't go back and change yeah. that memory, but I can give that memory new meaning. Mm -hmm. No, my dad didn't leave me because he wanted to leave me. He died. And maybe God, he died obviously because his time was up. And so I have mm -hmm. to be okay. It's, it's like that radical acceptance that... 
I have to be okay with whatever God chooses to do and know that it's for my good. Yeah. And so it's painful. It is painful. And this is the thing when you're doing your healing work, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a difference. You can there's a difference between you're trying to grow, so you're trying to get past something to move on to another thing, or you're trying to heal. I'm trying to do the work. So regardless mm-hmm. of where I go next, I am going to be in a place where I can cope with the life stress mm. that come up. I can cope with the experiences of my childhood and things like that. Because when you think about it, for me, and only speaking from myself, mm-hmm. growing up with a parent who has an addiction, what you do as a child, because it's all about safety. And so what yeah. you do is you try to anticipate that person's need mm-hmm. and meet it so yeah. that you can be safe. And so even mm-hmm. when I was outside of the, that, that household, I found myself being codependent. I found myself mm. trying to anticipate the needs of other people so I can meet it. And I'm just like, wow. oh, well, I'm a giver. I just love people. No, yeah. that is trauma. And you Come have on. to deal with that trauma because Woo. you don't be ha- you don't have to go around here trying to meet everybody's needs. You're not yeah. God and you're not the Holy Spirit. Uh-uh. And so these are things that you learn over time. And yeah. so that's one of the things that I would say. There is no there is no finish line when it comes to healing. Ooh, there is no again. finish say, line. Yeah, say that again. There is no finish line. Yeah, yeah. And so you're always going to be doing the work. work. Ooh, you're always so going to be doing the work. And so it's okay. not about perfection. It's about being aware and so it's Mm -hmm. about finding you know a a therapist who's able to who you're able to share with who you're able to be your be authentic with Uh and share those experiences so that they can your therapist cannot change your life what they're gonna do is help you become help you gain insight and understanding Mm -hmm. on how these things have affected you Mm -hmm. and help you see where in your behavior the things that you're whether it's the things that you're thinking your emotions what you're doing how they all are interconnected how they're all connected and so that's what therapy is about that's what i believe healing is about that you're not going to get to a point where you're never going to be triggered you're not going to get to a point where Mm -hmm. you're going to be perfect and every day you wake up it's going to be sunshine and rainbows jesus was perfect jesus did not sin at all and even before jesus went on the cross to be crucified jesus was first his first cross was a mental cross getting over the mental hurdle that Mm -hmm. this is about to happen to me wow when we see Jesus at the wow. Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was on his knees. And we talked about this last week. Jesus yes, was literally was. asking his friends, can you stay up with me? Can you oh, help God. me? Yeah, yeah. Can you can you be mm-hmm. with me in this time? Because I'm about to have to do something. And it's, it's coming. I can see it coming. And I do not want it. And he was crying out to God. He said... Take this cup away from me. But at the end of the day, what did he say? He said, not my will, but yours. And so that's what healing is about. It's about God. This experience was painful. Mm. It hurt me. It it broke my heart. And this is the thing. You have to be honest about how you feel. You cannot heal what you have not revealed. If you are going to act like these experiences did not hurt you, if you're going to be this hard person then what you're going to do is miss out on opportunities for people to connect with you in those places where you are weak. Because God is not going to do everything for you. He said, that's why I placed you in community. When he told Adam, he said, it's not good for you to be alone. He wasn't just talking about, I'm going to get you a woman. Y'all can sell y'all royal oats. He was talking about, I'm giving you companionship. I'm giving you community. I'm giving you people who you can share your heart with and your whatever it is that you're Mm. going through. And so going back to that, you know, that, that cross of Jesus, like it's spiritual. I mean, it's, it was an emotional cross at first. 
And even God, it's a it's verses in the Bible where literally God is talking about his anger towards the Israelites. Like mm-hmm. and we miss out on all of these things and we tell people, Most you know, God time, has yeah. given you the authority and, and God has given me the authority mm-hmm. to cast out demons. But after those demons gone, I still have built those perspectives that mm-hmm. I have created based on my experiences. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, the demon is gone, but now I have to deal with me. I have to deal with those things that have hurt me. Yeah. And so you have to be honest about that. And I... One thing about me, I'm honest with God. I was Come angry on. with God like last week, and I went yeah. to him and I said, "I don't understand this." Yeah, and I need your help. And the yeah. and we can talk about negative. We can talk negatively about you know the people that have come before us. Like, don't question God. Don't do all of these things. But we can also see it as you know we're so fortunate to be to to know more and to be able mm-hmm. to understand that. Hey, I can go to God and tell God. Yeah. This hurt me. This is yeah. uncomfortable for me. Yes. And God gives me understanding of that. But God is not going to break down your boundaries. I remember, like, God had placed people in my life to help me. And I was like, no, I don't want it because I am afraid of, I'm afraid of opening up to these people mm-hmm. because I don't want them to view me as weak. I don't know how they're going to yeah. deal with my my experiences and what I have to share. And mm-hmm. one thing God told me, he said, if if in the Bible it tells you that I stand at the door and knock, mm-hmm. and if you allow me in, I come in, he said, they're not going to do anything different. You have to let people in. People are not going to break down these barricades. And so when you mm-hmm. have these experiences, if we can talk for hours just about like how the, the, the things that you experience, be it trauma, just be it transitions, yes. adjustments that you have to make. Um, how those things affect you. You have to get to a point where you're able to, one, interpret events not based on your personal story mm-hmm. or your personal experience, but really interpret things that happen in in, in reality. Yeah, in the like, moment. Like, as, as what they God. are. Yes. Remove myself from Ooh, it. So if I'm on. constantly rejected, if somebody tell me they mm-hmm. can't meet me somewhere, I'm going to look at that through the, ven- the lens of rejection. And yeah. that's that perspective, right? Yeah. So you have to... You have to oh, that's so good. You have to really, um, like, abandon those yes. perspectives, Divorce right? And then you have to interpret the events that happen to you in an empowering way. So it's about, like, interpretation and identification. And so I think mm. that when you can learn how to do those things, that is what thriving is. When I can remove Reginique's experiences out of the way, because Reginique was hurt in childhood. Like, yeah. Yeah. Reginique was hurt. Reginique was suicidal. Reginique was depressed, Reginique struggled with anxiety, mm. Reginique struggled with confusion and fear and all of these things. And it's like, I if I could do it, then I know people can do it. Because yeah. I didn't see it possible for me, you know. Yeah. Because when you're in those moments, it's so real. Yeah. That pain is real. So and so, real. if I don't say anything else, I want people to know, like, God knows, like, mm. the pain that we feel. He knows what it's like. We have a God that is emotional. How is God jealous? How is God angry? God, we say it all the time. Mercy. God is a jealous God. God he don't want us God. to have yes. idols. Those are like emotions. emotions. Like oh my God is an emotional person. And so yes. it's like, God would not give me emotions if he did not intend to use them. Mm-hmm. But we get stuck in the negative emotions. Yeah. We, we get dwell stuck. in them. We dwell yeah. in those negative emotions. Yeah. And it's like, God may be using that to communicate with you. But he doesn't want you to stay in that. And this is the last yes. thing I'm going to say because one of the things that I have been looking up on is just like crushings, like spiritual crushings. Yeah. Because that's where I felt like this season of my life right now that I'm mm-hmm. in is a crushing. Very and so when you think about what crushing is, is mm-hmm. it literally feels like you're being broken. Yeah. Like 
and it feels like everything that you thought you knew, the things mm -hmm. that you thought were going to happen, it's like nothing. It, you find yourself in a place where it feels like I am completely broken hearted because nothing is working out. And so mm. we can get stuck in a perspective of crushing. And even when God is, because this is the thing, when Jesus was on the cross, that was a crushing. But yeah. Jesus is not on the cross anymore. The crushing, is, the crushing is a stage. It is not. Mm. It is not your address. It is not the Ooh. end. <clears throat> the end result. It's a preaching. stage. She's preaching, y'all. <laughs> Seriously, but the yes. thing is, we can when we're in that crushing. When God is doing the crushing, yes. it is for us to become better. It yes. is for us to get to a place where He can now pour pour out more onto us. But even mm -hmm. when God has done the crushing, when God wants, you know, us, Israel, to cross over this Red Sea and go into the land that I promised you, mm -hmm. we're afraid to go into that land because <laughs> now we've taken on this perspective, like, oh my God. And now I'm crushing myself. We identify and we stay in there and say, nope, I am supposed to be in the crushing season of my life. My life is painful. Yes. People hurt me. I'm never, like, I can never trust people. All of these things, and we have to be like, no, that was God's hands. Oh, God's hand was sure. doing that. Mercy, mercy. But now God's hand is like, I want to give you this. But now you're you're crushing yourself because you have this perspective that that's it's always going to be this way. Mm -hmm. And so even if that's mm. why your emotions are so important, because God can give you a good thing and you not be able to receive it because <laughs> you yeah. you're in this place where it's like, come on. It, I rest my case. It's no, just so much. No, it's so much. No, it it's is so, so good. And I mean, this this episode is amazing where I feel like, dang, like I may have to do a part two because there's so much, like you said, so there's much. layers mm -hmm. to this conversation. It's layers to mental health. It's layers into, like we said, the survival mode to thriving, thriving. and how can we thrive and what, you know, we need to be really doing the work mm -hmm. and it's like you can't be a lazy servant of god and mm -hmm. for yourself like mm -hmm. you got to put in that work you have to and put in the, work. the time the intentionality of it and it's uncomfortable seasons yes yes it's some people who go to therapy now who are on like our caseload yeah and coping skills are provided all of these things are yeah. provided and they just want to come and vent and talk about their feelings and then when they leave out of the session, they're not putting in any work. But then they're they don't understand it, why they're why they haven't progressed. They're why they're still stuck. Exactly. Yeah. That the makes, coping skills isn't working. No, you have to put in the work. God said, I sent Jesus. He died on the cross. He mm -hmm. gave you authority over everything that anything that can happen to you spiritually, God has given you authority over it. Mm -hmm. That emotional piece, you gonna have to go out and handle those experiences. You know, mm -hmm. like you're gonna have to <clears throat> And it's really just about changing your mind. It's, it's all in your mind. mind. It's yeah. literally about Be changing your mind. Exactly. Your mind. Yeah. 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 It's about yeah. changing your mind. <clears throat> and that's what those perspectives that we build up in our mind when we have those painful experiences. Those are, we keep talking about perspectives because it every, that's mm. why the Bible says the battlefield is in your mind. Mm. It is going to be in your yeah. mind because it's 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 gonna be in your mind and i was about to say something else but i'm just gonna i'm gonna stop because no. it's it's just it's a lot it's so it's good oh my gosh i love you so much i thank you so much for just you know being so vulnerable yeah. and being able to like really educate us mm -hmm. right on mental health and 
just painting us an authentic picture of what it looks like from a spiritual lens, from an emotional lens, yeah. and how, look, they're interconnected, yeah. and we have to be intentional. <laughs> um, and so, before we go, like, I just want people to, you know, talk about how they can connect with you. Yeah. Um, where can they find you, like, your social media, and then some of the services that you provide as well. Okay. So, you can find me on um, Instagram, or you can find me first on Facebook. It's Regine Gruffin, so R-E-G. I-N-E-A-K. Um, Ruffin is the last name, like Muffin, but Ruffin. <laughs> and then on IG, it's Reg, R-E-G, Refined, R-E-F-I-N-E-D. And it's um, X, and it's the number one. So Reg, Refined, times one. Um, if you're a social worker and you are preparing for licensure, you um, need like career consultations, coaching, things of that nature, you can visit my website, um, yoursocialworkcoach.com. Um, I am working on just having a more therapeutic presence on, mm -hmm. um, on the internet um, because right now it's educational based, but I am working on like just that clinical piece yes. um, and having that clinical pr um, presence on like social media. So um, if you're a college student, if you're struggling with anxiety, if if you're just a woman, a man, whatever, and you just need to understand something, um, mm -hmm. you can definitely connect with me because I do post um I do post that type of stuff on Instagram. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, I'm funny. I'm hilarious. I am a clown. Um, good, per a good person. So definitely um, connect with me and let me know how I can help you. Yay! Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much. You guys heard it first, y'all know. We probably gonna have to do a part two on this. <laughs> I already know she is not going to be a stranger on this podcast platform. So make sure you guys are listening up to the episodes. Make sure you share it with someone. Please share this.